This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. The games that maybe have some landmines if you're looking to bet on them. Uh, and also the ones that we are just flat out most excited to watch. Because so far the tournament has been excellent theater. And let me tell you, I almost needed a break from the action because the first two days were nonstop basketball firing off game after game and it was great but I felt like almost exhausted after watching all of those games Jenks, did you feel like you needed a break after those first two days yes absolutely and I, I always get I mean first of all I was nervous about Texas playing thank god we won that game because I was really nervous about that and then I had to sit through the College of Charleston game with the lovely Catherine and that poor girl was in tears after the game. She wanted her Cougars to win so badly. So I had those two pockets of emotion. And then we've got bets on this show. I don't really worry about my brackets. Like I probably spent, I'm in two brackets and I probably spent a whole, I used to spend a lot of time predicting my bracket, but now the tournament is just so topsy turvy, which we see each and every year. I'll pick the teams that I think are going to make the final four, but I don't spend a lot of time on that. But between our bets and the emotion involved, yeah, I was like, all right, I need a break. I want to bet a little stick and puck here for a second and then I can get back into basketball. So, yeah, I just needed a quick breather. I, I love this time of year, but I need it. And plus, as you know, handicapping all these games, as much as I love this time of year, it's probably the hardest thing I think that we do all year. Like, I remember very vividly last year when we did this. And then this year, I was like, I've been handicapping games for six hours today. Like, I am exhausted. So, on the whole, you put all that together. I was like, I need a break. Oh, yeah. That weekend couldn't have come soon enough. What was it, last weekend? Just because it Mm -hmm. is a lot of work. Like, having to know all of the teams, all of their tendencies, and all the trends that go along with some of those games. But as we re-enter March Madness... There is one hypothesis that I'm going to float out there. Jenks, do you think that we see the resurgence of unders? Because we talked about this trend Hmm. earlier on in the week where we saw a ton of unders. They, for the season or for the tournament, have been pretty dominant uh, going, I think, 66% for the entire tournament. But where they were really hot was in the first round. They hit at a 75% clip. Unders in the first round were 24 and 8 And here's where the hypothesis kind of kicks in. I think we saw it in round one because there was a long layoff. It was the first game in the tournament. And also, like, it was a change of venue. So once again, Mm -hmm. we're going to see a long layoff, another change of venue. So do you think that lends itself to more unders once we restart Mm -hmm. the action of March Madness? Maybe. That's such a cop-out answer. Uh, maybe, Chelsea. I'm not quite sure. Here's what I think. I, I think 
probably so. I would lean towards unders, but as we all know, Vegas always adjusts. And so we saw this trend start to change over the last couple games on Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Where early on, unders were hitting like at 66%. And honestly, if you looked across the CBI and the NIT, if you really want to get nerdy about it, unders were hitting it like a 70% clip. So across the board in college basketball, no matter the tournament, it was just under, 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 under. But at some point, as you know, Vegas generally adjusts the number. Like that North Texas game is, is a perfect example last huh. night. Like everything said, bet the under, bet the under, bet the under. But the total was 124. So Vegas knew, okay, yeah, we know under is the play. And guess what? That was bit down to 121 and the over hit. So what I think is that I think – we will probably see more unders. That would be my lean, but I certainly don't think they're going to be nearly as prolific as we saw in the first couple rounds. Yeah, I don't think you blindly bet them. And I wouldn't have blindly bet them in the first round either, even though if, mm -hmm. if you did, you would have been profitable. Like I said, I think it's, if you already liked the under as it was, this is just another thing to throw on top of it, kind of like the cherry on top. So I think if you like mm -hmm. the under, that is one more like notch in your belt. But it's not mm -hmm. something that I will be blindly betting because there are a couple overs that I do like in this next round of games. So let's dive in to some of the games specifically speaking. Let's go to the South region where five seed San Diego State is getting seven and a half points against top seeded Alabama. Over under on this one, 136 and a half. Jenks, do you think the Aztecs can hang with a dominant Alabama team? I actually do. I'm going to go with San Diego State here, and I feel like everyone's going to be on Bama because of how they've been playing. And listen, Alabama has been unbelievable. They have won their last five games by at least 10 points. But San Diego State, and yes, I know, before you say anything, I know it was against Furman. But overall, San Diego State played one of the most complete basketball games I've seen in a long time. And this is not an offensive team. But, man, they play lockdown defense. With they, they want to frustrate. They don't care about winning ugly they just want to win which i think is a great strategy because certainly alabama has better athletes but i'm not going to get all excited about alabama because they beat texas a&m corpus christi and a maryland team that is just putrid away from college park i want to see how alabama responds when they're challenged in this tournament they will be challenged at some point I think that challenge might be San Diego State. This is a team that has won six straight, and they've held their opponents to under 61 points in all six of those games. Alabama is going to score more than that, but I think this is too many points, so I'm going to be on the Aztecs. I would side with you if I were to play a side in this game, but I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of landmines here because think about the offense that Alabama has, and if you're talking about defenses, Alabama mm -hmm. on paper has a better defense than San Diego State. So if San Diego State, an, an offense that sometimes struggle to, struggles to get going, is facing up against one of the best defenses in the country, I don't think it's going to be pretty for San Diego State. And if you are talking about an offense that maybe can overcome a great defense, it's probably Alabama because they can do it in a litany of ways. It's not just Brandon Miller that's a star on that team. They have plenty of guys who can take over the scoring role. So – I am with you, and I think I would take the five and a half, but I think that there are too many sabotage factors for Alabama because it's not like they've just been dominant in the tournament. They were dominant in the SEC tournament before this as well. It has just yeah. been smooth sailing for Alabama, so 
uh, because of the offensive lacking that sometimes we see from San Diego States, I think I'm going to be off it. I think this is one where I considered the under just because I was telling you about two of the best defenses in the country. These are two top five defenses squaring off, but also you're playing the number. It's 136 and a half, yeah. which uh, by my middle school math, uh, both teams would need to <laughs> score around like 68 points. Alabama has the potential to score like, you know, 90 something points, probably not against San Diego State, but I think I'm off it for that reason. So a lot of landmines that maybe I will be dodging there. So let's go on to the next game. 15 seed Princeton hoping to continue on their Cinderella run against six seed Creighton. We've got the Blue Jays laying nine and a half total 140 and a half. Jenks, is this a case of too many points? I'm going to be on Creighton. Now, initially, I looked at this, and of course, I thought, oh, you got to go with the Tigers. You got to go with the Tigers. And look, Princeton has been awesome against the number. There's no question about it. But I just think that at some point, Princeton is going to get outclassed in this tournament. And I think Creighton is the team to do it. I, I, when I look at this number, it's just, isn't it begging you to take Princeton? That's the thing that stands yeah. out to me. It's just begging you, like, <laughs> please take the Tigers. Please take the Tigers. I, and, I, and I can't do it. Creighton can beat you inside and out with Nimhard and Kalkbrenner. They dismantled Baylor last time out. And while Princeton has, I think, a better run against the number, the Blue Jays are 4-1 against the spread in their last five. I don't think I would play it personally because you can definitely make a strong case for Princeton. I get that. I would actually lay it with Creighton. I get where you're coming from, and I do believe this number is correct. Like, it deserves to be Creighton laying nine and a half because you're right. Mm -hmm. This is one of the more balanced teams that we've seen in all of college basketball because one of the trends for the eventual national champion, every single team since the year 2002 has had at least a top 40 offense and at least, uh, I think, a top 22 defense. Creighton fits that bill. So I know they're not one of the, you know, blue chip programs, so to speak. But they are very, very good. So if anybody can cover this number, it's definitely Creighton. But for me, I'm going to continue taking the points with Princeton. They have been undervalued thus far in the tournament, covering numbers, you know, not just covering, but obliterating. So if you're giving mm -hmm. me almost double digits with Princeton, I'm going to ride that trend until it dies, kind of like Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah, they didn't win their last <laughs> game, but they easily covered the 15 and a half. So if I was on a side... It would be Princeton. So let's go on to five seed Miami against top seeded Houston. The Cougs laying seven and a half, total 137 and a half. Jenks, are you rolling with the Cougs here? I sure am. And I hate doing this because I really want Miami to make a run. But I think this week of rest is going to be more beneficial to Houston than any other team in the tournament. I, they're not lucky to get this far. But, man, remember when we were worried about the health of Marcus Sasser and Kelvin mm -hmm. Sampson said before last time out, like, he's about 60%. So the fact that – and he was 60% and he scored 22 points against Auburn. So the fact that he has a week of rest is huge for him. And here's the thing I keep coming back to, and I mentioned this early in the show. This is what I'm talking about. On the road this season, and I know, yes, it's a neutral site, but away from Houston, the Cougars were a perfect 11-0 against the number. And they covered the number last time out against Auburn. They did not cover against Northern Kentucky. But remember, Sasser didn't play in the second half in that one. So when I look at Houston, which is odd because we know the Final Four is going to be in H-Town this year, and that will be a home court advantage. But as far as covering the number, the Cougars were great when they weren't playing at home. 
I love Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack, but I think the Cougars defense shuts them down. I'm going to lay it with the Cougs. I really want to take the points with Miami, but Houston is so, so good. And all of the strengths mm-hmm. that Miami has, it seems like Houston is a step up in class because last mm-hmm. game, Miami really set the tone on the offensive rebounding glass by getting a lot of second chance points and dominating the rebounding game. But you know who's even better at offensive rebounding? Houston, they're number four oh. in the land as opposed to Miami, who ranks 60th, which is, you know, good, but it's not elite like we see from Houston. So maybe it's a case of too many points, but it's not something I'm going to be playing. Also because of the inconsistency that we saw from Miami. Mm-hmm. In the first game of the tournament, their offense looked absolutely brutal in the half court. Like, luckily, they made some threes and stayed in the game, but still, it was one of the worst offensive game plans I've ever seen. So this isn't a yeah. team that I'm like super willing to trust uh, going against a team that the metrics love in every single regard with Houston because, uh, you know, you can't find a weakness with Houston on paper. I know this tournament's not played in paper, but still, it's hard for yeah. me to go against Houston here. So I'm not going to. I'm going to pass on that one. All right, so last on the slate for the Midwest, we have three-seed Xavier and two-seed Texas. Mm. Jenks, your Longhorns laying four and a half. Total of 148 and a half, which I think immediately that seems very high to me. But both these teams can definitely score. Jenks, do you feel nervous about this game as a Longhorns fan? Yes. Yes, I do. And I don't know what I'm going to do on Friday night when this game is on. I can't decide if I'm going to go out and party with the Texas X's at Penn Quarter, if I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go with Xavier here. Just grabbing the points. I think Texas wins. I think it's going to be close. And I don't want to. I don't want to go down. I keep picking Texas, and then they lose. So I'm going to pick against Texas. I don't want to jinx myself. The thing about Xavier that makes them so good and so dangerous is that this is the most unselfish team in college basketball. Last time out against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was a covering machine this season. Xavier had six different players score in double figures. They lead college basketball in assists. So. An unselfish team is always going to do well in this tournament. I was impressed with the play way that they play. Matt's saying in the chat that Xavier is a paper tiger. I hope you are right. Texas looks exceptional right now. There's no question about it. They can beat you in a lot of different ways, whether it's Marcus Carr, Serge Jabari Rice can come off the bench. And the last time out, Penn State forced Texas to beat them on the perimeter, and Texas did. Texas shot 62% from the perimeter, and Dylan DeSue was unbelievable on the inside. So... I'm going to lean Xavier plus the points because I don't want to jinx my Longhorns. I totally get that, and I totally understand. But maybe the case for Xavier is the fact that they do shoot shoot the three ball very well, uh, shooting at a 38.9% clip for the season. That's the third best mark in all of college basketball because I think it is very tough to go against Texas and expect to get easy buckets. But we saw it in the Penn State game. Even though Texas end up covering that game, they can be had from the outside, like if you're hitting your shots. But I guess you can use that recipe against just about any team. You know, if you're hitting mm-hmm. 60% of your threes or whatever, you're going to be in the game. But I don't know. The way that Texas gets so many easy looks down low, I think this is the more bankable offense. So I do think Texas advances. I'm not so, so sure about laying the five and a half. But I think I'll go with an under here. I think this total is a touch too high. I think if anybody can slow down Xavier, maybe it's 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 Texas. And, you know, we can rely on the threes, but I don't think that's 
the only thing that you need to win a game. So they're going to have to try to at least uh, go to the paint some. I think Texas can stop them. So I like the under. All right. That's what I like to hear, Chelsea. Let's go horns, baby. Yeah, even though you're on Xavier. But I totally get it, the emotional (laughs) hedge. I can't uh, do it. Because I definitely did that with NC State. And they got throttled by Creighton. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.